Good morning, September 24th, 2018, with another episode of the Recreational Poker Player Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bensamakan, Esquire, uh, with my trusty co-host, Crazy Dave Cheeseburger Martinez. Just David. There's no, you know, no trailers at the end of that name. (laughs) Just plain old David. One of these days, I'm going to tell the audience how you got your nicknames. (laughs) <laughs> on a very on this very special edition right. of the, be, of the poker, pair, poker player podcast. That's right. But for now, um, so this week, uh, a couple of things. I'm going to circle back uh, first. Uh, Dave, you remember we spoke about uh, Gordon Veo? Hmm. He's the that player that was accused of not being in Canada. Yeah, the VPN thing. Right. I'm yeah. playing on the VPN. So, you know, he filed this lawsuit against poker stars, and he filed it in. Uh, federal court, Central District Court of, of Los Angeles, okay. right here in California, and Poker Stars is a company I think based in, out of the Isle of Man or something like that, and so um, the attorneys for Poker Stars essentially filed a motion to dismiss, say, citing that essentially that the federal court here in L.A. just doesn't have jurisdiction to hear this case. Okay, the case shouldn't. Yeah, the case shouldn't have been brought here to begin with. Okay, so that motion was originally set to be heard tomorrow. And it's since been now continued to November 6th. Maybe the judge needed some additional supplemental briefing from the parties, or maybe the judge was going to prepare a tentative ruling, but he wasn't quite done himself. Yeah. And so uh, he wanted some more time. You know, judges will often on their own, or what's called on the court's own motion, will just continue hearings out or reschedule things, you know, because they need time. Okay. So it could have been that. I didn't actually check the docket to see why, um, but I assume it's because on the court's own motion, they wanted more time to really look into these issues and whether or not they could retain jurisdiction over this lawsuit. That's so so interesting. Right? I mean, so so I don't don't want to get super technical and boring, right? But on these poker websites like PokerStars, okay, so PokerStars is legal in... Much of the world. Yeah, just not here. In most states here. Right. With the exception of Nevada, Delaware, New Jersey. The obvious ones, yeah. Well, yeah, I think those are the only three, or maybe there's one more. I don't know. But I know it's not California. I know it's not Texas. It's Sorry, not. That, that, yeah. Those just correspond to states where gambling is legal, period. Well, poker is legal all over California, but not online. So online gambling as a whole is only legalized in like three states. And whether those states have actual brick-and-mortar casinos it is not oh, related. Oh, so, so the two aren't related? Oh, no, I just assumed just, it was like, oh, no. oh, because that makes sense. Because you could have – that is a funny th- distinction because you can have card rooms here in, like, in California. Right. But where, the, where the house just takes a rake, but they don't allow the people to do that online. No, and that's what I'm saying. So there's no you – know, so the on- Sorry, I hadn't really thought about that yeah, distinction. So, yeah, it's right. so, interesting. So the online gaming you know, all around because keep in mind that – well, while Poker Stars, in its namesake, is about poker and different types of poker and all yeah. that. Once, in a, in theory, you know these online sites could also offer uh, blackjack and you know digital roulette and, and horse racing, betting on sports. And I feel like anything know. though, to me, like you know, when you're playing a poker, you know, poker or anything like where you're playing other people, that's one thing. You know, the the the, the Poker Stars, they're just providing another forum for that, where it's, whether it's online or whether you're doing it in a place, but. I feel like anything like a blackjack, where it's you know you're trusting that their algorithms are being truly random. That I mean personally, I would, I, that's where it would be scary for me personally. And it's a, listen, that's a great point because there was I mean I'll, I'll, it's kind of a, you know it could be a whole other subject, but I personally you know 
I had a lot of opportunities to gamble online. Yeah. I played online poker, honestly, maybe a few times, one, two or three times, and then I just didn't play anymore because for that same reason, I just didn't trust the idea. Now, back then, I was also in the IT world mm -hmm. uh, as a career, and so at least then I knew of or I thought I knew of these different security holes and ways to manipulate things. And by the way, there were plenty of scandals that came out of online. The biggest one is by was by a company called Ultimate Bet. Okay where essentially the creator of Ultimate Better, the owner or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. set it up to where he could see his opponent's hole cards oh. when he was playing. Oh, and no. yeah, he scammed like a couple million bucks before he fled the country. Uh, and it, was, it was well known. I mean, and so even before that actually came out, I mean, I, I personally just been weary of playing for real money online just in general. Yeah. Now, I think since then it's gotten much tighter and poker stars self-regulates but out there it's also other international regulators that audit and you know I mean, make sure they're doing it right happen. as soon as as soon as it became, you know gained any traction it's either going to be outlawed or regulated because you know otherwise you know you you have no idea what's going on behind you know behind the scenes here well, right that's it and so and remember full remember the story of full tilt poker mm -hmm. chris ferguson and yeah. these guys that you know just basically drew salaries out of all the players accounts mm -hmm and left it way upside down. And when the government actually seized all of these sites for Black Friday, or what's being termed Black Friday, uh, that's when it really came out that like Full Tilt, you know, was just a sham. I mean, they just, yeah. you know, the, the owners or partners or whatever you want to call it, pretty much took off with or, or drew down so much of that money. Some of it was for ongoing marketing, and I'm sure they figured in their minds they're going to keep growing exponentially, and eventually they'll be able to catch up. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the odds of having a run on the site where everybody at the same day decided to close their accounts, that's pretty, you know, it's, it's not a likely possibility. But nonetheless, the government stepped in just to shut them down, and lo and behold, you know, they weren't counting on that. Which was stupid because there was always a question of whether they were operating sort of in a gray market. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. But, obviously. Uh, but but I digress. So so Gordon Veo, you know, he his whole thing is, hey, look, uh, I was playing in Canada where it is legal. Yeah. And you're just making assumptions based on either the way my computer logged in or something else. But then it's an interesting question, Dave. I go with your technology background, and we, we kind of touched on it before, but I know that. You can absolutely geographically limit where people can log into your site from. Absolutely. I mean, right. There's ways to sort of do that. Yep. But are there also ways to spoof around that, right? Well, the VPN thing was what, what came about was, you know, you can, people do this all the time. Like, you know, uh, one of the more common ways or reasons people do this would be like uh, for to use streaming services that aren't available in their countries, like Netflix. So, for example, we knew somebody who was living in the U.S. previously, but then started living in Japan. And at the time, I don't know what it is like now. There's no Netflix in Japan. You couldn't access Netflix in Japan. But using a VPN, he could take you know his computer, you know, make a secure connection to us to a VPN you know server over here in the U.S. And then all of his internet traffic is now routed through that U.S.-based uh, uh, VPN service. Which then, according to Netflix, to them it just shows, oh, this is coming from this particular and whatever server farm in, in the United States. So, you know, the streaming service will then allow that to sort of go through. So the theory in this, what, what I guess the court is arguing in this particular person's case is that, no, 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 you weren't geographically in Canada. You were in the U.S. You were using a VPN to route all of your internet traffic through this, uh, you know, server farm 
in Canada to show as if you were in Canada when really geographically you weren't. And so here's the question. Would the Poker Stars servers know the difference? What if Gordon Veo was actually in Vancouver and used the same VPN service? See, and that's the problem, is that I don't think, unless unless they have some other, you know, unless other activity that he was doing online that they could sort of see, show geographically that he wasn't in Canada, the best they could prove is that where you were using a VPN service, but that they can't see unless unless that unless the VPN service provider then provides the information as far as where his connection was coming from. There's no way they can see behind that veil, behind the curtain. That's the whole point of a VP of that. Of that right. Veil. So that's interesting. So, like for example, I, I assume that if Gordon Veo decided to start going live from Facebook, you know, from Disneyland. Yeah. Right. The same day he supposedly won this online tournament from Canada. Okay, yeah. I could see where that's a. Yeah. You know, he, he might have shot himself in the foot, but saying something like that, uh, you know, I, I think Gordon Veo has a good case. I mean, did the, if he used a VPN. So what? Lots of people use VPNs. Well, also too, because here's what what also could happen is that sometimes people just leave it on. So it could just been argued like, look, I, I was in Canada, but I use this service a lot for maybe other things, you know, which are none of your business. I just right. I just happen <laughs> I just happen to leave it on while I was in Canada. Forgot about it, and that can happen too. Like you know, I use VPN services to access my clients' you know system sometimes for you know remote purposes but i forget sometimes that i've left it on let me well let me ask you a question are vpn connections more stable and secure uh just so some people some people do and that, actually that's another good reason why some people use these services so for example if i'm in a public you know if i'm if i'm you know accessing the internet from a public coffee shop or someplace and it's a, like a maybe a little rinky dink one which may where maybe you suspect i don't have the best security uh -huh. um, especially, you know, maybe you're in some third world place. Yeah, people use VPN stuff like that all the time because my my connection between me and that VPN service is highly encrypted uh, typically. So I'm and I've had I've set this sort of service up for clients uh, before as well. Where like I can you know their computer their laptops will will VPN or route all their internet traffic through their main corporate office. So if they're in some part some other part of the country or the world where maybe their security isn't guaranteed, cool. My security is now guaranteed between me and my corporate office, and then everything is, get, is is sort of routed through there. So yeah, people use them for security purposes all the time. I'm thinking more like Gordon Veo is a guy that plays uh, online poker, probably for fairly high stakes. He was a runner-up in the main event in 2016. Yeah. Cash for four point something million. Yeah. Won this tournament worth seven hundred thousand. I know. These stories I've read, poker players at this sort of elite level, mm -hmm. uh, they also uh, trade cryptocurrencies back and forth and trade cash on their sites, Yeah, you know, lend each other, stake each other. So maybe he just uses a VPN all the time. Well, I mean, just as a, you know. Just and, and some people do. And, uh, you know, and some people just get paranoid. Though I had one attorney uh, client of mine who... I mean, in his case, I think it was sort of, you know, somewhat mistakenly, but felt that, oh, all of my online shopping or transactions are extra secure if I do it through this one VPN. In his case, I, it was, he was, I feel like he was, a little, he was a little mistaken or oversimplifying his situation, but a lot of people, you know, as an extra layer of security, or maybe, you know, he, you know, he doesn't, you know, as a way of masking where he is, because maybe, you know, somebody who might have a lot of cash on them doesn't want people to know that he's in this particular hotel or at this particular you know uh, geographic location. So it is a way of also just spoofing where you are because maybe you're just paranoid about people knowing you know physically where you are. There are a lot of other reasons why a person may you know use a VPN service uh, you know legitimately uh, that aren't the business of you know of, of this particular. Uh, yeah, I mean, let I, I me. Mean, I'll tell you. I guess we're gonna find out on November 6th whether this case continues here. 
or not. And uh, well, you know, and, and certainly if it if they overcome this motion to dismiss Gordon Veo and this case remains here in the Central District of California, yeah. Los Angeles, uh, I will keep up with it and we'll keep our five listeners appraised of any changes. You no, know, this has any the potential to be one of these really precedent-setting kind of cases because yeah, here here comes this one company that's just saying, yeah, we suspect you were you know. You were using a VPN, so you were accessing it from a country you weren't supposed to be. So we are under no obligation to give you any of your money. So let me, and so in playing devil's advocate, let me tell you why that's potentially the worst possible result. Is that there may be a lot of U.S. players that play via VPN on regulated sites. I'm sure. And Poker Stars and uh, you know these other sites that are legal probably know that, and probably make a good deal of rake. From oh, those players. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of that that goes on. Like we, I can see that a lot of traffic is coming from these servers that we know are VPN proxies. Right. And if, so, as long as they can say with any degree of legitimacy, look, we can just, all we see is that they're logging in from the Netherlands or whatever. Yeah. You know, I think that sites like PokerStars will lose a lot more money if this becomes a thing and now they have to verify the VPN connections as far as where they're initially being established from. Yeah. Um... And I think between you and I, I don't think the sites really want to know. I think that they're more than happy just to say, okay, John Doe X123 is logging in again from Yugoslavia or Czechoslovakia. Okay, great. Who cares? Yeah, that's not our problem. That's not our business to, to verify that. Well, that's funny why they're taking this stance, why they're trying to make an example of him. You know, you know, yeah, you know, maybe they've lost some money on him, but they got to figure they're probably making money on a lot of other people who are doing the same, you know, Alleged, you know, to do the thing that he's alleged you know, to, to have done, um, that they're more than happy to turn a blind eye to. But if they set a precedent, if they set a precedence now that no, 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 we we suspect this is the case, so therefore we you know we're going to deny his winnings. What if you know all these countries you know or these people or some kind of regulator just turn around and say, okay, from now on then you have to verify that everybody who uses your site. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, there's there's a site now called America's Card Room or ACR mm-hmm. that is an unregulated site. And I don't know how they do it, but however, whether it's through some third-party Chinese processor or whatever they do, mm-hmm. people here in the U.S. in any state can log in and play on ACR. Um, and people do. And there's, there are Facebook groups for it. And people post about it all the time. The problem is that because it's unregulated, oh. you, can't, you, have no, you, know, you have no control over anything that may happen. So people post complaints all the time like, hey member of this uh, Facebook group uh, asked me to buy 50 or 100 bucks or 500 bucks worth of his ACR credit, and I did, and then of course he never transferred me the ACR money, he just scammed me, and well, what's ACR gonna do about it? Nothing. Nothing. And that's my point, you know, it's like people are kind of assuming their own risk if they log in. There's another one called Global Poker, which for, for a while was taking PayPal, where they were cashing in and out, and PayPal's a very big no gambling policy. Mm. But they somehow got away with it because they were calling themselves like a sweepstakes or something like that. You know, and they were just sort of like saying, "No, well, you're they're they're using their money to buy these like sweepstakes points and credits, but of course, if they you know switch over, they can get cashed out in real money." I don't know, but it, now they're not taking PayPal. I guess the, the site's still going, but they're just not they're yeah. not getting PayPal anymore. But so anyway, so that's the sort of the update on the Gordon Veo thing. Interesting. So now I want to I want to talk to you about talk about like a fall from grace in a way. Oh, please. Yeah. So. I don't remember if it was in 2016 or 2017. I think it was 2016. There was a player in the World Series main event named William Kasuf. William okay. Kasuf's name, we, I think we've mentioned him once or twice before on the podcast. But okay. 
he's this guy from England. He he, he was, I guess he's an attorney in England or a barrister, as they call themselves. Ah. And uh, he quickly gained a lot of poker media attention on himself because he was what's known as a table talker. He would essentially talk about the hand he was in with, with his opponent and often talk them into folding the best hand, you know, and he just would rattle and go on and on and just like kind of drill into your skull. You yeah. know, he like constantly yeah. babbling and talking and chatting. And he was caught on camera a couple of times. I don't want to say caught like, like he was doing anything wrong. He was always doing this, but they filmed like some special moment. Like one, he talked some opponent, some, some lady out of folding pocket queens and he had like nine high, like he missed everything. And he turned it over, nine high like a boss or whatever. Like this is whole bit, you know. And that went viral for a while. And that was like a whole, like a boss. And that was like a big thing. And, you know, he got towards the deep in the tournament. And another player, now I don't remember his name, but like a very accomplished, well-known player, really got frustrated and told him like, and that was the next famous term that came out was check your privilege. Like you better check your privilege. Like I don't even know what that means, but that was what someone said to William Kasuf to try to like, Put him in his place. Sure. Maybe he meant to say, like, check yourself or whatever, and he just minced his words, whatever. But that went viral. Mm -hmm. And so William Kasuf, and then so after the World Series, he was picked up by Governor or Governor Tor Governor Poker out of England. It's like a poker club and a site. Mm -hmm. And they were sponsoring him and putting him in tournaments. And anyway, so uh, about a week ago, William Kasuf was out with some of his pals, and there was a night of drinking. And they, you know, London casinos are legal, like in Vegas. I mean, oh, they have, okay. like big, you know, Casino Royale and those, you know, big. Places. I did not realize that. But okay. Yeah. So yeah, London. There's so they went to some casino in London. You know, remember that's where Phil Ivey got busted playing. Remember he went to Crockford's. Oh yeah, so, yeah, same place. I don't know if it's the same casino, but London. Yeah. Got a few of them. Anyway, so during this drunken evening with friends, they were playing roulette and they were getting out of hand and. Somebody knocked some chips over, and he was caught on camera palming a 100-pound chip from one of his friends, like, <laughs> stealing, which is 100 pounds, right? Like, it's 100 pounds, but still. Yeah, and it was, like, a whole big thing, and, like, the Twitterverse went nuts, and finally, like, the, a day or two later, he released a statement basically saying, what a terrible error in judgment. Oh, he lost his sponsorship. They cut him off, like, Governor Poker or whatever, like, look, we're not sponsoring you anymore, petty fucker. Just, you're done. And he released a statement about how it was a terrible error in judgment, and he's sorry, and he was out drinking, and, you know, he, he, he's, he'll man up to it, and yes, you know, that's it. And so, anyway, so I just thought it was interesting how, you know, talk about, like, you, you, I've seen these stories a million times of people that have it so good, and then just do something so stupid, like one little tiny thing, whether it's an error in judgment or not, whether he was drunk or not, you know, like... When, when you palm a chip, your intent is to deceive someone, mm -hmm. drunk or otherwise. I mean, you have to be somewhat clear-minded to actually do that and, and, you know, deceptively cover and hide this chip that you're removing from a table. You know what I mean? Like, if he were super drunk, he would, like, spill over the table and, you know, splash the chips all around or whatever. Yeah. You know, so there's some degree of consciousness involved. Oh, very much so. You know. But, uh, you know, being, you know, he, obviously he doesn't need the money. He didn't need. To, he need. You know, it. It was one of those, in my opinion. You know, you you've got a combination of somebody, who is, uh, you know, who's done very well for himself, and probably probably in more ways than just poker. I'm sure. Yeah, he was an attorney. I mean, so he had a law he, practice. He's, he's probably, was, he's yeah, probably he was got employed. a successful practice. So somebody for whom, 
things have gone his way quite a lot in life. At least, at least at this point. I mean, you know, you know, by his own, I'm sure, hard work and you know, and and, and skill as well. But you know, he, you know, he sort of, you know, takes risks, you know, pushes hard, and you know, and gets rewarded for it. So there's a certain amount of, I think, you know, when you've had when you've had sort of hit after hit after hit, a certain amount of recklessness that can sort of set in a little bit from somebody like maybe him. yeah, and maybe I, that he, the fact that he's that kind of poker player who sort of likes to talk a lot. There's that sort of. There, there, there seems to be a somewhat of a, a reckless sort of character about him a little bit that's worked out for him in a lot of ways, perhaps. Yeah. Or, or if not reckless, at least risk-taking kind of character about him that's, you know, that's panned out for him a lot. Combine that with drinking. Uh, yeah, I mean, just... But, but I, think my, I think the point here is, like, you know, maybe he kind of got that sort of untouchable attitude. Yeah. Right? You know, like, he had a small degree of fame. This is more... This is a different topic, but I, I want to... I, I do want to touch on that, like, how... Like Twitter and 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 uh, Instagram and social media, like how they sort of make these like non celebrities into celebrities. Oh yeah. Like even for a small little bit, but before, oh, yeah. but before I even get to that, because because I, I think that that happens a lot in the poker world too. These poker players start to tweet stuff and they they start getting political, and all of a sudden they're like, you know, in this Twitter sphere or, or Instagram, and they got like a million followers. And yep. But before we before we get into, but what I wanted to ask you before that was this, if. Uh, if I tried to palm a chip from Christopher Walken <laughs> at the roulette table, what, how, how would Christopher Walken react to that? Oh, I see. Yeah, no longer want to have that hand anymore. <laughs> Clearly, because otherwise you would not have tried to take money from Big Daddy Walken. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, I would. I, I honestly, I, I don't know how I would react if I went. I mean, I, I you know, I'll go to a, a poker room, a, a card room with some friends, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody's ever tried to like palm my chips, like any of my pals. Like, I don't know how I'd react to that. Like, it's because to me, it just it just strikes like jackassery. He's right? not palming any sizable amount of money. At least any amount of money that that was really really be considered, you know. You know, sizable by him or by any of his friends, I'm guessing. To me, it just struck like just just being a, a just a jackass, a jerk. Like you know, when you, you know if you're screwing with your friend when he's you know trying to trying to you know you know putt you know at the golf course or or you know you know mess up you know mess him up while he's you know playing pool or something. You know, something like that kind of just general drunken jackassery. You know. But it looks bad when you. But it is the kind of thing that can look bad when you're doing it. Um, you know, again, sir, I don't think he really was. You know, intent on. You know, I don't think it was. Again, given the amount of money, unless he's like, unless he's the kind of person who's just kind of you know has a bit, sort of kleptomaniac kind of tendencies. You know, it just to me it just strikes like like jackassery. Yeah, I, I mean, just I know, and I don't know if it was just like he was just pranking and. Maybe later he was gonna like go to his buddy. Maybe his buddy like you know lost his money. Like oh by the way here this is your chip. Yeah, who knows? Right. Yeah. But he'll never have a chance to do that. No. Because he was caught. And then at that point, even if even if you are caught, how do you turn back around and go like oh no no, no I was just kidding. Right. Yeah. Like, at that point. Right. You're caught. Right. It'd be one thing well, if he if he later was like 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 hey mate I got you know I got your chip or whatever. Right. You don't know. And that's and that's so then that's the other thing too is like you know this so, this whole social media world just went nuts. Oh yeah! Like went crazy with this, 
with this guy and what he did. And he was already sort of unlike, you know, like he wasn't like the most liked guy. Oh, so that, and that adds to it. Now, all these people who are just dying for more reasons to hate him have a reason. Yeah. Oh, this is so reprehensible. And how could somebody who represents, you know, the fine sport of, 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 of poker playing do this and this? Yeah, oh, I'm sure. It'd be people who are just love to be indignant about things. Yeah. Uh. Uh, we're gonna we gotta pause for a quick second. The the audio part won't really pick it up. You know, we're just gonna stop and restart for a second. But I have to I have a quick emergency call. I have to make. Please, please. All right, I'm gonna. Cool. Pow. So sorry about that. That's uh, what happens sometimes when you try to record a podcast in the middle of the workday. I had this pre uh, prearranged conference call and I'd forgotten about it. And I got wrapped up with something else and then I realized they're trying to get a hold of me. I said, "Oops." So we had to. <laughs> You're coming right back, but so, uh, just, so just kind of jumping back in from where we left off. So this, so Will Kasuf, you know, uh, aka now William, you know, Kadoosh, just, <laughs> I mean, he just, you know, lost his sponsorship. Yeah. Probably lost his friends. You know, mm-hmm. all over a stupid hundred pound chip, hundred dollar chip. Yeah. You know, so I mean, sometimes the degree of stupidity just, I mean, never ceases to amaze me. Well, I think there is something to be said. I mean, people, have, you know, said this in a connection with a number of incidents. Um, how much social media can, you know, can, you know, whereas, you know, small, you know, whereas bad decisions, whether something you said, something you did, you know, you know, might, you know, might, you know, might only, you know, spread or be exposed to mm-hmm. a very small number of people, you know, uh, you know, in the past. Nowadays, I mean, if somebody caught it on tape and then, you know, it starts to go viral on you know any number of the other, you know you know social media outlets. I mean, these things can just have such a huge impact and can change people's minds on a particular subject or about a particular person so quickly um, that um, you know I, I think the time was where you know you know people could maybe get away with certain things like that a little more. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 sort of it's sort of disheartening that you know within seconds. This story spread all over Twitter and Instagram, and these are like well-known poker pros. Like Sean Deeb uh, was one of the guys that sort of retweeted or, or tweeted himself, and then it got retweeted by a bunch of people that follow him. And you know, before you know it, and we know, we'll, we, we'll never really know the truth. It could have been that he was just messing around with the guy, being you know, just acting a, like a drunk fool in jolly old England, and thought he would just palm a chip and you know. Yeah, he would let him load. You know, maybe would let him know later. You know how many times I did that? Like I would take my my daughter's cell phone because she was so attached to it and just hide it, even for just twenty minutes until you know. Yeah. And then finally give it back to her. Like here, lesson learned. You know, you can live without it or whatever. Yeah. You know, obviously. Watch her, I, watch her freak out over a little bit. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just something like that. The guy go, wait a minute, I thought I had more money than this, right? Yeah. Who? Who yeah. Again, given the amount of money, it's hard to know what his real intent would have been was. You know, at that time, but it looks bad. The public, you know, you know, in the court of public opinion, clearly he's guilty of a heinous, heinous crime. Looks terrible. Yeah. Looks so, terrible. Just fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we'll we'll kind of get to the tail end because uh, we're not going to be able to run very long today. Um, so uh, the last two weekends, I went and I played live live cash games. Okay. Um, at uh, the Players Club in Ventura. Oh, right. So, I, I've been finding uh, finding it a lot more pleasant up there. It's it's much smaller, yeah. And the selection of games is much more limited, hmm. you know, because it's so small. But okay. uh, it's a it's a very very calm drive. There's almost never traffic. 
the weather's usually much cooler up there, you know, so you don't have like the blazing heat. Oh, I bet you know, a little closer to the beach. Yeah, yeah, it's much much nicer, and you know, it's just it's almost like a more relaxed kind of environment. So, two weeks ago, I went. I, I had a small win, like 160 bucks or something. Sure. I'm not playing very high stakes, um, but I had one hand in particular that just. I don't know if I should have played it better or if I could have played it better, but um, I had pocket fours, and uh, it was. It's a 2-3 game, which means that if I just call, it's $3. Yeah. Right? And I was first to act, and so I don't like raising with pocket fours anyway. Okay. And often, if there's a lot of action ahead of me, I'll just muck pocket fours. Like, I know they're no good. Yeah. Um, but in this case, I was first to act, so I just basically what's called limped. I just put in the minimum $3. Yeah. Um, and, of course, to my good fortune, which later turned out to be my misfortune, Nobody raised or re-raised or anything. It, you know, four people called and it was a small little pot. And then the flop was like a seven four ace, but two spades. Oh, so, so the four. So I flopped a set of fours. Yeah. Yeah. And so I check because I'm the first to act, and it checks around to the guy who's on the button, and he bets I think I don't know sixteen dollars or something. Sure. And so I just call. Okay, that's the thing to do, and I, I want to induce the other guys to call or raise also because I know I'm ahead. Yeah. You know, and so that's a good opportunity for me to then come over the top and build a big pot at the end, but really isolating and just keeping it heads up. And the idea is that if somebody's on a flush draw, which is likely, okay. right, I need to either now come big on the turn or, you know, do something. If a spade falls, at this point, I haven't put that much into the pot. Yeah. I put now maybe a total of $19. Yeah. So you know. you, you're at a point where you can still walk away and not damage you too much. That's right, because it's it, in my mind, and you know, it's not 100% always going to be like this, but in my mind, with four people to a, to a flop and uh, two spades coming out, somebody's on a flush draw. One of these five, myself plus four, somebody has spades. Yeah. All right. So the turn comes, and it's a deuce of diamonds. So it doesn't make anything. Yeah, no difference. Right. right. In fact, the best possible thing for me is somebody who's sitting with pocket deuces. Right. All right, so I check again, and it goes around to the button, and this time the button bets thirty bucks, which Ooh. is no. But, the, but now consider how much is in the pot. He's only you know there's about a hundred bucks in the pot, so he's betting thirty percent of the pot, which is actually a pretty good little bet. Right? Yeah. It's not he's not over betting, he's not over committing himself. It's proportionate to the amount it was of a money. Well calculated amount. Yeah, it's it's not bad. So that's when I raised, because uh. at this point, if a flush isn't going to come, <coughs> then I need to make my hand have value. Yeah. Right. And if a flush is going to come on the river, it's going to cost whoever a lot of money to see it. And now I want to get the flush draws out. Yeah. So you want to, you want to, you want to narrow the, the, the field of people who could that be a possibility. Right. Because when he puts another 30, now there's 130 in the pot mm. and there's myself plus four. So now I want to thin the herd. Mm -hmm. So I bump it up and I make it 90. So oh. I, I basically triple his bet. Wow. Which I thought would be enough uh -oh. to get people off their hands and and so everybody mucked except this guy uh, so uh, so now but he only calls right so what if you put him on at this point so i'm gonna say so he just calls so what, what that means to me is one or two things either he's on a spade draw so he's calling and he's gonna see a river now uh and it costs him 60 dollars more mm -hmm. or maybe he's got a good ace because there was an ace on the flop so maybe he's got like an ace 10 Maybe he got ace jack. Maybe he hit some weird two pair, like he had an ace deuce, yeah. like an ace deuce suited, and you know, ace deuce of hearts, and so now he's got two pair. But he's not sure if that's good yet or not, or he's trying to set me up for the river. I don't know. Anyway, the river falls, and it's a king of spades. 
So, like, it's like any you know, and by the way, if the board would have paired, I'd have a full house. Yeah. So if a spade were to fall, if it were like the deuce of spades, that's like a perfect card for me. Yeah. Right, because it gives me a full house, even if he makes this flush. Yeah. But no, it's a king of spades, and he checks. Oh. No, now let me tell you, no, that's not good. Why? Because I knew instantly he was trying to trap me. Gotcha. So I you knew. Like he's got, you felt like he's got it. He and made, he's trying to bait you. That's right. He made his flush. I could, that was, okay, well, my first instinct. He made his flush, and he's trying to trap me and get me to bet so he can put me all in or whatever. So I check back. I show my set of fours, and sure enough, he's got queen, jack of spades, and he made his flush. And he looks at me like, whoa, I can't believe you didn't bet the river. And I look at, like, now, and this is part of, so the, <laughs> this is this is part of why I tell these stories. Because my personality type is, I don't, like, I don't respond kindly with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, obviously, you're, it was very easy for me to put you on what you had. I put you on a hand very similar to that, if not that, exact hand, because of the way you played. So no offense, but to me you're like a, you're like Dr. Seuss. You're an easy read. Yeah. Right. That was just. What, <laughs> I like that. You're like Dr. Seuss. It's an it. easy read. And I said that. Well, you're you're an easy. You're like Dr. Seuss. You're an easy read because what else are you calling with, and why would you check the river? If you made aces up, right, you would bet to try to get me off, right? If you if you make your flush, right, you should have bet because I'd probably call you when you. But that's such an obvious trap by yeah. doing that. And I told him, I said, and by the way, I don't know if you were paying attention, but the ace of spades and the king of spades were both out, which gave you the best possible flush with your queen. The queen, he had queen jack, which meant I couldn't even have a better flush. Yeah. Right? You know, like, just pay attention, pal. Yeah. Anyway, that was the most exciting hand, and then I, I still ended up recovering off of that hand, and I ended up winning like 100 bucks. Well, yeah, you didn't lose too much on that hand anyway, so. No, because I didn't bet the river, I didn't fall for it. But again, it was kind of easy to see what he was doing. It's like, yeah. In fact, I'd almost be more tempted to call if he like pushed all in, like on the on the river. Like, oh, he's trying to, yeah, right. He, like he's buying the pot, or he's trying to push me off of big hand, you know, yeah. by representing. So if, the flush. so if he had like over oversold it, you would have been like, oh, wait a minute, though. maybe he's trying to buy me. Okay, right, because it wouldn't be likely for me to raise with a draw. Some people will. I mean, really skilled, advanced poker players would raise. Like when I raised and made it ninety, they would do that when they had. A spade draw and try just try to take the pot down, yeah. right without making it. Uh, but he I, he, I could tell he wasn't all that, so that he wasn't doing that. So anyway, so that's what happened. Uh, yeah. There you go. Then I went again this past Saturday, and I had a really uh, unpleasant like beginning, um, but then it got better. So it started uh, this this place, the Players Club. You know, again, it's small. Yeah. So they don't have like a ton of tables. Okay. You know, and so they have different games. So there's like a one-two game which you can buy in for a hundred bucks, and every chip is a dollar. You know, it's like a one-dollar chip game. The mm-hmm. blinds are one dollars and two dollars, and you know, yeah. it's kind of. And then there's two-three, which is what I play. That buy-in is between one fifty and three hundred. You know, but it's it's got decent action. You can make some. You know, you can win some good, but you're not you're not going to get crushed. Yeah, and then they have like one big game going, like a three, five, ten, or something, where you know a couple grand. But I, I, I don't play in that game. I just play in this two-three game. But anyway, they didn't have any seats available huh. when I got there, so I had to go play in the one-two. Right, okay. just kill some time because I was bored. Sure. So I'll start with a hundred bucks. I pick up like it's like literally like the second hand. I get pocket queens. Oh. Okay. I raise it to fourteen dollars. Now, okay. I want you to understand, the blinds are one dollar, two dollar. Okay. Gotcha. There's like. 
two callers. So there's only like seven bucks in the pot. So I double the pot. Yes, yeah, so that's a big raise. Right. Because I don't because in that game, every goofy two cards will call two bucks and hit some weird two pair or something like that, you know. So you really want to thin the herd. Right, really, yeah. Early on. Especially because I was like in kind of like mid position, like I wasn't the button. It was like I needed to, you know, clear this out. And I got one guy who called. Okay. And the flop was five ten ten. Okay. And I bet, and he calls. Uh-oh. And the turn is an eight, and I bet, and he calls. And then the river, I don't remember what, I bet, he goes all in, which for him was like 40 more bucks. Okay. And at this point, I, I, I kind of knew I got beat, right? Like I got out flopped, but there's too much in the pot at this point. Yeah. And I figure if he had something like ace 10, king 10, jack 10, I can live with that because... I'd probably call a raise with a hand like that. Yeah. And he, you know, no, he had pocket fives. And so the flop was five, ten, ten. Uh. So he flopped a full house. But it's kind of like, and he kind of looked at me, gave me that look like, you know, see how good I am? You know, like, got you. And I'm thinking, like, you know, you hit, like, that's a miracle two outer. Yeah. Right? You had to hit a five. Yeah. Otherwise, you were crushed. Yeah. Like, you had no live over cards. You had nothing. Yeah. It's not like ace-king versus queens where those cards are live. Yeah. You know, it's like, if, if you don't hit one of the two last fives, you're done. Yeah. I have all your chips. And, like, how you don't realize that. But then he got lucky. So so that that's how my evening started. Um, so, I, like, I, I sit down, like, already down 100 bucks by the time I moved to my regular game. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I was able to grind it back. And so then I, so I finished last night up, like, 280. So again, it's not. It's whatever. You are still fine. Yeah. One guy almost picked a fight with another guy at our table. That was a little entertaining. Why? It's this big sort of Asian guy. I guess his name is Jack. I think he's a dealer at that place. I think he works there and he plays also. And so, I don't know. There was a hand where he basically he called somebody on the river and and then he lost. And so then the very next hand, that same guy raised and Jack called his raise. And so the guy goes, "Oh, he's pissed," you know. Kind of joking, like, and so, th- but this guy Jack got like all mad, like, hey, don't talk about me, don't talk about me, man. I don't talk about you. I don't want you talking about me. Like, made a really big deal out of it. So uh, then it's kind of like, okay, well, maybe you really were, like, you, you just got mad that you lost the last hand. Like, when did you just grow the fuck up? Yeah. You know, and then, w- but what made it more dramatic is because apparently he's an employee also, and so like the casino floor is coming over, going like, Jack, what are you doing? Like, shut up. You don't talk to players like that. Yeah, what's the matter with you? And he's trying to say, like, but right now I'm a player. You're like, I'm not. You know, it's like, well. It's an interesting distinction. Like, how do you sort of, you know, yes, at this moment you're here playing, grinding out extra money, but you also happen to be an employee there. And people are going to recognize. If they don't they recognize do. They already, do recognize them. Yeah, they know that, the, the, that you're still, to some extent, like it or not, representing this casino. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, remember, poker is one of those games where it's not really gambling against the house. So if an employee decides to come back and play at their at the casino they deal in, I mean, it's really okay, unless they're in cahoots with the dealer somehow. But in poker, it's really hard to, you know, to do that. It's not like blackjack where the guy can kind of like hint what his whole card is or, you know, kind of like don't hit, you know, stand or whatever. It's not like that. I mean, this is just, you know, you got eight other players at the table. Yeah. You know, so I don't really have an issue with that. There are some casinos, by the way, that pay their employees extra per hour to to do what's called be a prop player. Yeah, and prop prop players are basically where their job is to keep the game going. Yeah, you know, because if you don't have a, a certain number, you know, then it's boring. And yeah, of you're course. not gonna have a game. So these prop players, 
you know, or house players keep the games running and the casino pays them yeah. per hour. Plus, if they win, they keep whatever they win. But then again, if they lose, it's on them. Yeah, of course. You know, so it's kind of hard if you're getting 12 bucks an hour, 15 bucks an hour, you got to lose less than that if you're going to still have a profitable session. Um, yeah, yeah, but, you yeah. know, but but anyway, so that I mean, so really, it hasn't been there hasn't been like too much going on poker wise. You know, there's nothing new coming up. There was a, there was a, a long tournament series. I think it was California State Poker Championship or something at Commerce, but I think it just ended this week. I didn't play in anything this year. I didn't have a chance to really get out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's been kind of slow on the poker front. But other than that, I mean, that's. That's about it. I mean, I'll, I'm going to keep up on the Gordon Veo story just to kind of see how that develops. It's very interesting. I think there's bigger, it, definitely there's bigger implications for online poker going forward, especially if it comes out that sites like PokerStars like regularly have these types of players on VPNs, you know, and they just, for whatever reason, they don't care until they win a $700,000 tournament. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, now, but here's the other thing too, okay? And I'm going to, I'm going to leave us with this thought. Okay. For the most part. I mean, okay. you know. So what do you think about this? Tournaments should be, if not are always, funded by the players. Okay. Right? Players buy in. Yeah. And there creates a prize pool. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Now, the only time that that changes is if there's a, a guarantee offered by the hosting casino or the, the tournament host. Sure. And the buy-ins don't cover to make enough to cover that guarantee. Yeah. Then the casino or the host may have to add out of his own pocket to make sure that the you know the right. guaranteed amount is at least this much. Right, and there were like some famous cases where like there's there was a casino called Hawaiian Gardens here in L.A. Yeah, and they they were running like a big tournament promo and there was like a million dollar guarantee and they didn't come anywhere close. Uh-oh. And so what they did that's called an overlay, right? Where they have to like put money out. And so what they did was basically they just postponed the tournament for like another two weeks just to try to get more money. And canceled the flights and then extended the number of opening days, you know, and people were like, we're going crazy. Like, wait a minute. I, you know, I came in from out of town just to play this weekend for this tournament. Yeah. And now you're telling me that 10 days of day ones are going to go on just because you can't make your guarantee. You know, fuck you. Put money out. Like, that's what you promised. Yeah. You know. You have to be, if you're going to make a promise that, you have to be ready to, to, to. To make good, yeah. If the, if, yeah, but the, 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 so the point I'm making is, these poker stars. This uh, I think it was the W Cube, it was the World Championship of Online Poker, or the Scoop Spring Spring Championship of Online Poker. But the point is that poker stars probably didn't need to put money out for an overlay. They probably had enough to where that seven hundred thousand dollar prize that they're holding isn't out of their pocket. No, they didn't. Co- no. It didn't necessarily cost them anything. Right. So that's why, in a way, it's kind of like, well, I wonder why they're fighting this so hard. You know. If, on the one hand, there are lots of players that use these VPNs. Oh, that's a good point. Right? Then, on the other hand, though, uh, maybe they're trying to really weed that out. Maybe they're afraid of losing some kind of licensing, you know, if it's found that they sort of turn a blind eye, you know. That's a good point. Because, yeah, for me, I guess, without thinking about it, my assumption was, of course, they just don't want to lose their money. But if it's being funded by the players anyway, why, you know, what, what is driving this for them? Yeah, that's that's kind of like what I'm saying. I mean, I you know I, I know why Gordon Veo sued them. I mean, he wants his 700k. Of course. You know. Well, what are they doing? Right. It's kind of like why why are they so uptight about it? Why are they insisting that he unless they really really do self regulate so strongly? And it's possible. It's possible that there's so much to lose there for them that they are very internally controlled, you know, and and self regulate and self audit. 
um, because their their site's so lucrative yeah. that they can't afford any kind of scandal, any kind of problem. Yeah, you know, and, if, and a player who a player this high profile who may have been using a VPN. Um, we have this. We have we have a show. This is how serious we are about it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, so it's kind of so. That's why I'm saying I'm going to follow this kind of more closely because there's there's definitely more to this than meets the eye. No, certainly. So we're now we'll see if this case can actually stay here in federal district court uh, for the Central District of California, or if it's going to end up somewhere in maybe an international court because it's the Isle of Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But nonetheless, um, so I, I mean, I think that's about it. Unfortunately, we didn't really have a chance to chat with Chris. This week, we'll have to, we'll have to we'll catch up with a little, with a little walking later on. Yeah, but uh, but before we sign off, Dave, if you could tell our listeners uh, where they need to go or who they need to call if they they have some kind of IT problem. No, of course. Uh, so, uh, company is Contoured Solutions. Uh, website is www.cs. That's Charlie Sierra CS Dash Inc. Short for Incorporated. Dot US. Uh, our number is area code nine zero nine. Nine nine two zero three three zero. Again, that's nine zero nine 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 two zero three three zero. All right, and so that'll that'll do it for today. This is uh, Eric with uh, Crazy Dave Cheeseburger Martinez signing off.